to Black, White, and Mixed, a podcast about race and culture in America. We are recording from Greensboro, North Carolina. I am your host, Doug Ogden, and I'm here with my friends, Brandon Johnson. What's good? What's good? What's good? Mm-mm-mm. And Kenny Roberts. It's been a while. It has been a while. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> We're on Zoom. This is a little bit different. We're on Zoom. Who is, uh, who sings that? Is it, is it like Sting or something like that? All right, hold on now. It's been a while. Is that stained? And it's been a while. Oh, that stained, stained. That might be stained. Yeah, yeah. They both start with a with an st. It's it's uh, especially torturous that we haven't introduced our guest right now because he wants to weigh in so bad. Mm, uh, ladies and gentlemen, just, hold on. Let's just keep talking and then oh, have him waiting waiting in the wings. Yeah, we'll talk about music. The thing he is a, a chieftain of, and we'll just keep making just inaccurate gonna, guesses. I'm gonna say a bunch of stuff wrong and just. Have him just you know, sitting on there. Sting, the, the reason you got confused, Kenny, Sting was the leader, the lead singer for Stained. That's why that was... Did you know <laughs> Did you know how Stained got their name? Oof. Well, their their biggest hit was called The Police. That's good. That's good. Whoop, whoop. That's the sound of the police. That was their song. That was their song, right? He is, he is fidgeting, ladies and gentlemen. All right, all right, all right, all right. Here we go, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We are we are pleased to introduce our guest for this week's episode. Um, he is a friend. He's a fellow podcaster, ladies and gentlemen. Dominic Pittman on Black White Mix. Welcome, bro. Ooh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, I, well, I, I didn't want to, you know, come in too early and just eviscerate Kenny. <laughs> are we gonna are we gonna start off with corrections and apologies? <laughs> no, no. Initially I thought he said steam, uh-huh. not sting. Uh-huh. I mean not sting rather. He might have and, said uh, steam. I said I said yeah. sting. Good. Okay. Yeah. Well it, where I come from, there's there's two prominent stings. You know, one's a singer, lead singer, police. Another one's real name is Steve Borden, a professional wrestler. Ooh. You know, yeah, I come from that world, folks. Mm. There we go. Wrestling. I love it. So, Neek is the co host of a music centered podcast called The Listening Party, uh, which you guys should check out. You guys are on Spotify, check it out. Apple Podcasts. Yeah, we're on Spotify. We're on most uh, major um, outlets, if you will. You can find us, rate us on there. Uh, we just, you know, for people who love music and we talk about it. Um, yeah, we're still waiting for Donda to come out, you know, with bated breath. and um, We're still waiting for Kanye to Kanye come down from the top of the stadium, right? I think he's still up there. Yeah. Right he, at the top he, of the stadium? Somewhere. I thought he was in the basement. He has full range. Like, it, it's his domain. Yeah. He, He's the phantom of, of Mercedes-Benz. Interesting. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, so part of the reason we wanted to have... So check us out. What's that? I said, so check us yeah, out. Yeah, at, at the Listening Party Pod. Yeah, on uh, Instagram and yeah. at the Listening Party Pod on Instagram. You guys can follow them. Check for new episodes. Yes. Yes, cheap plugs, all that. Cool. All right, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, part, part of the... So there's a couple of reasons... We wanted to have Nikon. on. We've had a few guests um, over the last couple of uh, seasons, but um, 
one of the things that we have tried to do with this podcast is um, sort of introduce a lot of these really difficult subjects and discuss them as friends. Cause like we said early on, like none of us are experts or sociologists, but we are real life friends and we are navigating a lot of this stuff in the course of just living out real life. Um, and Neek is a good friend of ours. Brandon and I met him maybe 10 years ago. Kenny and Neek met in college. Is that right? So you guys have known each other even longer. This is correct. Um, so Neek, Neek is, is very familiar with the three of us and has been, you know, walking with us, uh, you know, over the course of these last many years. And so I thought, especially with the conversation we had on our last episode around faith and deconstruction, um, and Neek being an actual real life friend to the three of us, he kind of engaged with us offline and had some questions and we had a lot of kind of follow-up conversations and it just felt really, I don't know, good. It felt like fruitful and, and profitable and felt like this would probably be something that, um, would be beneficial to kind of continue. I got a lot of feedback from the last episode. A lot of people reached out to try to, you know, discuss and stuff. So I think, I think there's a hunger for this conversation, you know what I mean? Around faith and deconstruction and theology and all that. Um, so I don't know how we really want to kick it off, but that's that was kind of the impetus for getting for getting Neek on the show with us this week to sort of, you know, continue that conversation. Um, am I correct? If, if I could respond, yeah, please. Like, um, I just want to thank you all uh, when when those questions that I, I wanted to pose to you all were asked, I wanted to humble myself first. And just ask for your permission to even pose those questions. Um, I had no um, no intent of actually being on the show to discuss this, but thank you all for inviting me, um, and I really do appreciate that. Um, so yeah, of course, of course, yeah, man, it's good to have you, bro. Yes, yeah. thank you. But yeah, I I I was wondering about some of the feedback that. Um, that we've gotten so far and like what are some of the things that some of the questions that have been coming up or some of the I guess conversation that has been um that others are having I guess based on the conversation that we've that we've kind of been discussing the past few weeks um I have I have one I know that Doug has a lot so I'll let Doug go in a second but real quick I think <clears throat> one thing that I I really liked and that I heard was um I don't think the person who who gave me this feedback enjoyed it um but but um I heard it and was like yeah um I got some feedback that just said that that's really spoke to the incompleteness of the of the conversation um and it didn't feel like it wrapped up nicely it didn't feel like um, you know, they, they said, they felt like, um, all of us had more to say, um, and was just kind of like, you know, there's a lot of dead air and I was just kind of like, you know, it felt awkward. It felt out of place. And I was like, honestly, I don't think that there was a better thing that somebody could say <laughs> or something like that to, to, <laughs> to me, you know, like in my, my opinion, um, because that's what it is. Like, it's not, I, I mean, I don't think any of us have necessarily like worked out all, all the stuff and like, was like stamped it with a bow. I got it. We're good. I'm going to argue this point to you now. You know, it's like, no, there's so much to be thought about. There's so much to wrestle with and argue um, about. 
Um, so yeah, that was, that was a big one that I heard and I was like, yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think definitely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think we felt that as we were recording. I mean, there was some of that yeah. in, in, in the moment was like, right. Cause we didn't know. I mean, we had kind of introduced the idea that we would discuss the issues going into it, but had no idea where the conversation would lead or some of the feelings that would be vocalized as a result of that conversation. Right. And I mean, we could have um, edited them out. We could have edited yeah. out the, the space, but like, why? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I'm with you, man. I, I, I appreciated it. Um, it felt listening back to it. It felt like it was when we recorded it, which I think is, is what we want for the most part. Um, yeah. So I got some similar feedback just in the idea that like, Hey, you guys aren't done. Right. Cause <laughs> there's, there's more to be covered here. Um, most, most of the folks that I, you know, have in my life come from a Christian background and, and are at various stages of accepting and or rejecting, um, some of that, but most of the, most of the, um, interactions I've had or conversations I've had off, off the podcast with folks in the last couple of weeks have been, um, really positive and just sort of affirming that we would have this conversation and that we would be willing to sort of be vulnerable and express where we were at. Um, and so even, even from Christians being like, I'm not in the same place as you, Doug, you know, I'm not, I'm not really able to connect with some of the stuff that you said necessarily, but I can still appreciate that you said it and that you guys are having these conversations. So in general, I feel like the feedback has been positive, which is why I was, what I said earlier, I do think there's some sort of hunger or desire to hear some of this stuff flushed out in conversation. Um, right. So, yeah. Word. That's real, yo. That's real. Yeah. Any? Did you get any feedback? Nah, people don't reach out to me. <laughs> I think people just don't. I don't know what it is. You know what I'm saying? They'll <laughs> they'll reach out to white and mixed, but they don't reach out to black. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, nah, I yeah, I, I haven't really had a whole bunch of um I haven't really gotten a whole bunch of feedback. Um you know, uh I know earlier on uh in the season, like I kind of got a little bit more feedback. Um like when we first kind of just started discussing things and talking about just like, you know, some of the things that we're thinking about and you know, just where we are in life and um you know, just, just feedback, uh, I guess more so, um, that it is important conversation. Um, yeah, you know, and, and so I haven't gotten, I mean, other than that, I haven't gotten a whole bunch of feedback like since then. Um, so I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm like, by all means, I, I would love some, you know, so reach out to black, y'all. <laughs> you know, no, nah, I, I, cause I, I would like to know like what people are thinking, what questions they may be having or wrestling with or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd love to hear more of the feedback. I'm glad that, that Neek, uh, I'm glad that you reached out and, you know, we're asking some of the questions that you asked, um, you know, I'm, I'm still not totally caught up on that thread. <laughs> um we had we had a lot going on but uh so I, I wasn't able to get totally caught up but um 
but yeah, I think you were asking some really good questions. I mean, and honestly, even if you want to, um, like in, in helping to catch me up, whether it's, you know, fresh questions or rehashing some of those questions that you had, um, like that, I know that would be helpful to me. And then, but also maybe even to people that weren't in on those conversations off, um, you know, offline. So, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, well, okay. My question, I guess for you, Kenny, um, starting with you since you asked, what does it look like? Um, you made the, you made the statement of, uh, you know, God, God will, you know, essentially prove himself. He, he will, he will come through. He will, you know, and like, I felt like I was coming at it from, uh, I guess Kenny's saying that God will, God is his word. He will defend himself. You know, is that what you were saying? Um, because you were, you know, being asked questions or not necessarily questions by, by Brandon and, and and Doug, but they were giving you your heart. And I don't know if they were asking for you to give them a response, but, you know, or speak for God in that regard. But it, you said that, you know, God will defend himself. So could you elaborate on that? Yeah. So I I would say a couple of things that one, like, I'm, I'm always a big advocate of of going to the source, you know what I'm saying? Like even in human relationships, when, you know, whether it's you hearing something about somebody or somebody say something about somebody or whatever, you know, um, I'm a, I'm a big advocate of, you know, if you got a question, go to that, that person, you know, hear, hear from the horse's mouth, you know, um, and so I'm like, if somebody says something, you know, about me or, you know, concerning me, I would want somebody to come to me and, you know, allow me to defend myself, you know. And like with me, just in terms of my view on who God is, uh, with a lot of these issues, there are, there are things that um, I feel like God has, you know, made known. Uh, about himself and who he is um i feel like you know there are things that he hasn't made known you know or you know i guess just speaking for myself like there are things i just don't know yet you know and so instead of me like trying to speak for god with limited you know, or incomplete knowledge on some things, you know, the things that I do know, you know, I'll speak on, but at the end of the day, you know, I feel like God is big enough to, to handle all of our questions, our thoughts, our doubts, whatever, like God is big enough to handle those things. And You know, so I don't feel the pressure of having to to defend God's honor in a lot of regard because, one, he's honorable in and of himself, and that, that don't change, you know what I'm saying? And then, two, 
you know, I think he is, he's big enough to do it himself. And I'm like, okay, if, you know, you're God and you're good and you want to reveal and defend yourself, you're going to do that in the best way that you know how to do it, you know, and you can do it much better than I could. So, okay. You know, so uh, I just feel like I feel like the pressure's off of that regard. All that to say. Now, I guess for for Doug and Brandon, did you feel like that was a cop out by Kenny, or what were your what was your take on that? You know, or were you just asking a question that you knew he couldn't really answer himself? Which which question exactly? With like just like questions about God? Yeah, yeah. When you would, yeah pose certain things that you probably, maybe you knew Kenny could answer or Kenny couldn't really give you uh, a, you know, a response. Did you feel, because I know some people feel like, you know, well, that's a cop out, you know, saying that God will defend himself. Like basically what was your response to him saying that? Or was there really anyone or just, you were just making a point and just wanted him to want it to resonate with Kenny. Yeah, I definitely don't think it was the cop out. I I, I think the heart behind Kenny's um response in that moment is really good. Nick, you and I were talking last night, and I even said, like, people should not be afraid of God being challenged. He's up to the task, right? Like that's part of your faith, is that he's big, he's sovereign, he's you know what I mean. So that was more the heart of what I interpreted from Kenny, not a cop-out. Um, and yeah, a lot of this stuff, similar to what Brandon said earlier, it's not like it's going to be solved in one conversation <clears throat> or maybe one lifetime. Um, it's like this stuff is is ongoing. It's, it's, it's pressing, it's evolving, it's changing. Um, so I don't know, and this is not a, a shot at Kenny or, or anyone, I don't know that most of this is necessarily asked in a way that's like, you know, fix this for me so that I can rest well tonight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more just like, we're going to process this out loud. And there are things that Kenny or anyone says that, that change my mind, right. That change my perspective, that challenge what I believe or challenge what I think. Um, the reason why I'm asking this is, you know, like, I just wanted to know you guys' hearts when, when saying these things. It was like, I need you to justify these things for me. And then maybe if you can, I I can see where you're coming from. Like, you know, because it 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 felt like you all were looking for justification in God's seemingly inactivity or, mm-hmm. you know, just um ineffectiveness in a sense. Yeah. So truthfully, the the other side of that coin. Um, is sometimes or can be um, how, how long are Christians not going to have an answer for this thing? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, that's not always at play. And, and that's why I said that it did not feel like the cop-out because I, I know the heart behind what Kenny said in that moment was like, I mean, if we could figure God out, we wouldn't need him, right? Like, we're not supposed to fully understand him. I don't think like it's supposed to be somewhat mysterious. He's supposed to be somewhat unknowable. If I could, if I could comprehend him, then I would be like him or at least near him. You know what I mean? So, yeah. 
So I say that to say the other side of the coin, which is sometimes at play, and, and this is a perspective, and I think Brennan and I have discussed this in the past, as an outsider, I sometimes feel like, and this is not going to probably sit well with Christians, but I feel like the veil has been lifted in, in some ways. Um, and things that I used to just like take for granted as true because I was raised in a Christian home is like the, 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 the blinders have been taken off and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what, why did I believe that? How could I believe that? You know? And so that's the other side of that coin is that after 30 plus years of not having an answer, not having an answer, not having an answer, there is sometimes some frustration around like, well, well, why don't we have an answer to that? You know what I mean? And I don't know that that was at play at all in this context, but there is that in the, in the conversation sometimes. And I've heard that from, from non-Christian friends or atheist friends that I have where they have questions that Christians have not, or maybe cannot answer. And, and that is enough of a frustration or enough of a sticking point to be like, nah, I can't, I can't rock with y'all on that. You know? Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I feel like I'm, you know, for me, I'm never going to ask of my friends some like absolute statement that I need to solve my, my, you know, inner turmoil. (laughs) Um, I just, um, like, I think asking that of Kenny is really speaking in a lot of ways to, to the greater church, you know, as a whole that represents God. Um, you know, because I, I know Kenny's heart pretty specifically and I, and I know, you know, your heart too, in a lot of ways of just things that you've shared and, yeah. um, time that we spent, um, together, Neek, um, and, uh, of course, Doug, I mean, I throw you in there, buddy. Um, but <laughs> I, I, come along afterthought. <laughs> the, the response or the the question is just like i think i i think a lot of the questions i ask is out of frustration for exactly what what doug said which is like you know i've been a part of this thing for a long time and at what point do i say hey it's not just that i don't understand you know like no i'm no closer to the answer than i was when i first started answer or asking it it's more of like um the answer to we're just speaking honestly <laughs> the answer the answer to um you know injustice can't just be you know god's big enough to handle it you know at some point there's right. like a no um there's got to be movement you know like if you read the bible and use the bible as like a basis for your life like there's tons and tons of times which uh are where like you know, oppressed individuals or groups of people cry out to a God who responds in some way. And so um, when you see a lot of the, the oppression and abuse and all that coming from within the, 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 the very organization that is meant to represent a God that loves you, a God that cares for you, um, it gets really, I think Harry, when you're like, oh man, a lot of the, uh, not all of it by any means, but a, a lot of abuse and problems are being generated within the church itself. And then, you know, I think Anna and I were talking to someone one time and, and the response was, we're all, we're all humans. And you were like, ah, that hurts. Like that one just kind of hurts to let, just like shrug off. Like, mm. 
you know, some of the, some of the pain that we're witnessing, um, play out, um, to just, you know, you know we're all humans. You're like, oh shit, that just doesn't sit right. Um, as a response from, from a, a person who's meant to represent this God that feels your pain and, and mm-hmm. hears your cries and, and, you know, left the other, the other 99 to seek you out because he knew you were missing, you know, it, uh, it, yeah, I don't want to harp on that too much, but just, you know, that, that feels more like a cop out to me. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of, in terms of its spirit. Yeah. Right. The we're all human. Yeah. 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 Kind of. We're all broken. Do you, so do, do you, is it a source of, well, I guess like, do you give credence to, I guess seeing instances because I mean I know like one of the points of frustration is like the the things that are going on and that have gone on throughout time that it seems like you know God has not stepped in um, and done anything about um, you know in a in the ways that that we feel that he should like, do you give, like, do you feel like it's a, like a mark against like his character in the time that he, that he takes or like, do you feel like he's more like inactive or do you give, you know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? Like, do you feel like, it's a a knock against his goodness in the time that he takes to act on like different injustices and um I feel like it can be you know um there's Yeah, I mean I I feel like it 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 can be. I think one of the big things I I've wrestled with um for a long time um from within the church was the attributes of God um because every attribute that you attribute to God um says a lot about his character and and how you view that God. Um you know, do you view God as an authoritarian? Do you view him as a nurturer? What, what, what are, what are the, you know, the way that you view God? And, and, um, you know, we give attributes to God in that. And I think that in the search for truth, um, there has to be kind of like some discernment there um, from like the greater like church as a whole. And I know that you're going to wrestle, you know, everybody's going to wrestle with like different views of God based on their own society structure, societal structures and all that kind of stuff and how you read the Bible, what translation did they get all that kind of stuff. But I think that's maybe the broader point is, um, the things that we say about God are huge, um, and affect not just us, but they affect, billions of people um who are actively trying to follow and believe in 
um, the teachings of a church, um, whether it be a denomination, a, a single church, a uh, home church that they go to, whatever that is. So I've just struggled with like, you know, when you say that God is a jealous God, that's a huge statement, you know, to say about anybody, but especially God. And and when you say that God is a good God and a merciful God and a justice, a, a, a just God, um, and yet a lot of things that we see inside of the church are sort of by, you know, the people meant to represent that God um, are just shrugging their shoulders and, you know, shrug- shrugging things off and, and acting as if it's not that big of a deal or whatever. Uh, I mean, touching on what we talked about last week, where it was just kind of like, you know, the church has pretty historically responded in a pretty shitty way, a negligible way, at least. Um, and that's not every single church or every, you know, I'm not speaking as if Christians are a monolith. So it's, I will just address that, but I think it can be a knock for sure. Well, um, thank you for, I guess, rolling that out, Brandon. Um, I guess I would try to ask you a question based off that. Um, when you saw yourself or see yourself a part of the church, um, and you representing or you, you feeling like, okay, this is injustice. Um, I'm for this cause. Do you see yourself as a part of, I guess, because um, you said, you know, we're not all part of a monolith. Do you see yourself as, okay, I want this. I want God to manifest himself through this, these things. I, I you know, um, educating yourself, you know, advocating like, do you see yourself as a model of what you want to see happen in the church? Um, no, I mean, I I see myself as someone who has a lot of growth that needs to happen. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm a very long way from being, you know, a good husband, a good uh, dad, you know, a model worker. Um there's a lot that I need to, I feel like I'm just trying to suss out. Um, But I think the first thing I would say to your question is like, I don't think I'm a part of the group anymore. Um, I am not like um, I've, we've talked before and I don't know if you've listened, but (laughs) I've said that I really hate the word deconstruction because it just seems like a buzzword. Um, it just seems like a, I don't like God. He hurt my feelings and, and like, <laughs> I'm, I'm done. You know, I'm like, um, come on now. Like let's have some realness. Cause I definitely believe in, in the experiences that I've had with God. My, my biggest like reason to remove myself, I think has come with the belief this might not answer your question. I'm trying to get there, <laughs> but it's the belief that um, Christ or mm, this, the belief that God has only revealed himself um, <laughs> within Christianity. Um, I think that I'm kind of beginning to push against that belief um, because, because I believe that if God is a truly just God and merciful God, um, then two and a half billion is not enough people 
to include in the in the club. Um, I've heard you say before that it shouldn't matter where you were born. I know even just geographically and culturally, right. the idea that Christianity is more commonly known or accepted in certain places. I know that's been a sticking point for you before where it's like, we didn't choose to be born here. We know about Christianity because we were born in America. We could have been born somewhere else and never heard about it, right? Or, you know, or, or yes, and yes, and, you know, it's not as easy as like I saw, you know, I'm Muslim and I saw a Christian, um, you know, um, a Christian missionary come through and it really changed my mind. And you're like, yeah, but you got to think about the idea. Like it's a, it's not just a, like a shift of like, I'm not going to that church anymore. Like it is in a lot of ways in Christianity. It's like, I'm no longer a part of my family. I've been removed from my family and from my, my group, like the, my safe haven, the the people who have taken care of me and raised me and loved me and fed me. I'm being removed from those people you know, to follow a God that is honestly supposed to be the same God in my religion. So, like, you know, like, so, it's, so I'm not, I, I just am like trying to pose it from like another, you know, the devil's avocado of it all <laughs> of where you're like, you know, it's, it's, there has to be some like, it can't just be like, no, no, all those people are devil worshipers and they're terrible. There has to be some like reality of where we say like, you know, just because you live in America or England or, you know, some, some other place that is, you know, predominantly Catholic or Christian, um, like doesn't mean that the people who are Buddhist and, and Muslim and, you know, Hindi and all those people are just like devil worshipers who hate everything and hate people and humanity. It's like, it's very clear that that's not the truth, but I feel like in a lot of ways, that's how I was taught about, like, it was just, it was taught to fear, the 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 greater world you know the world the secular world that exists out there that's just like waiting at you know right on the edge of your periphery to just take you out and it, it's like uh, in a lot of ways I feel like I've seen God revealed in in some of these you know texts or words that people have like said and you're like but they're not Christian so how is that coming through um, and one other, I think, example sure. that I heard with it, hold on, I'll give it, I'll give it to you. I heard one example that I liked and it was, this guy was, was at like a, he was at a Metallica concert. He was in the middle of the mosh pit is going crazy. And he was like, I was listening to how talented these people, these artists were and was in rap, like was just taken to the spot of like, of how good God, you know, Mm. was to create this thing Mm. um, which made him ask the question is there anything too secular uh is there anything that is too secular that could not be made holy and and i remember hearing that and was like "Hmm, that's an interesting Um, thought i would just say this there are countless not countless sorry i don't want to use that word slightly there are um, a number of accounts in the Bible that talk about um, God being introduced to one person and through miraculous faith, they weren't ostracized by their family. They were accepted and their house, the whole household became believers. And I, I believe that God understands the concern that you just, you just mentioned about how they would be seen as outsiders. 
and how God's plan was for them to hear the gospel and whatever is going on in their heart, it changed the whole family's lives. You know, now we can talk about missionaries and talk about how, and I've even um, Doug didn't mention this in, in, in the intro, but I, I am a school teacher and I've said to, to my students, there were a lot of missionaries who were not of God, not because I knew their heart, but their actions were not of God. You know, they came over, they um, were very dismissive of the people's culture, very dismissive of the people's, you know, way of life, you know, anglinized names, ways of dress, food, all that was changed. And I would say that's a poor example of who God is. But you also have examples of people who immerse themselves in the people's culture, who became one with the people, who were, you know, um, like in the spirit of Paul, you know. And so I believe you have examples of from, you know, where it was done poorly in the name of God and then ones that emanate and look like God, you know. But I don't want to be dismissive to the ones that suffered through that. But I also don't want to not look at where we had examples of where God was clearly being shown. And it's all difficult. I'm pretty sure it, it, when you when it goes well and when it doesn't, it's difficult because it is a change of way of life. Um, to use Metallica, I, I can use any uh, band, man. I feel like God created music and I feel like the, the musicianship, all that, you know, um, I don't like using the word can be redeemed, but I guess that's the best way to put it, you know, but at the same time, I don't want to dismiss the, the craft and the art that I'm hearing right now, regardless of who's doing it, uh, regardless of where they, where they stand from a spiritual standpoint. I just, I think my whole point in saying all that is that people make choices to either follow or do what they want. And God not making or, you know, and I don't know, if, and maybe I shouldn't assume this, that Brandon and, and Doug, you're not saying you want God to, to just control man and, and make them into robots. Maybe I'm, I'm hearing you say you want people to choose God and to choose to do well and not think of themselves, but they're not doing that. And maybe that's attributing, you're attributing that to God. Because again, like, we are, we've been given wills to, to do what we want. And we can either fall in line and, 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 and I don't want to make it seem just so, so um, like it's a chore, but I want to believe that what God has and wants me to do, and by faith I'll do those things, is for the best for me, for the best for those around me, and ultimately will give him glory. I want to believe that in midst of all that was going wrong. And I know that, I, I, you know, I could be a part of what's wrong. I know that. And I think God warns us not to be in sin because sin is not just a thing that affects one person. Sin affects many because we are a body of believers. And so I, I just, but again, I'd rather save the body than to throw the whole patient out. And to be like, you know what, it's, it's too it's too great. The mass, the cancer, if you will, if we're taking it there from a medical standpoint, is too great. The, the patient cannot be saved. 
And I don't want to believe that. Not when God has already made plans for the saving of said patient, of the church, of, you know, believers, of people who are fallen. And, you know, I just pray that, 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 um, that people will understand that, you know, that we, that, that I would even understand. And I'm not, I don't even want to dismiss myself in this equation that I would understand that God is still ever working on our hearts. And ultimately I get to choose whether or not I want to be a part of what he's doing. Ultimately I have to choose, am I going to listen to myself or to, I, I feel like the Holy spirit saying, okay, be, uh, um, be about others, you know, <clears throat> confess, repent, pray, um, rebuild, you know, and I think even maybe even a, a deconstruction, because I think a lot of times, you know, I think a lot of us lose our first love. We get caught up in everything around us and we, you know, not saying that that's you all, but I just think a lot of times I agree with you. The church doesn't allow for this, this, um, this, these conversations. We don't really assess. We just go along blindly. And I don't hear me now. I'm not saying we should do those things. But I, I also don't want us to give up because of our 30 years of not seeing it or whatnot. When God, when 30 years to God is, it's a, I don't even want to, it's a small amount of time. It's a small amount of time. <laughs> and my experiences, my, or lack of experiences in where I've seen, not seen him, they matter to me, but at the same time, it's so small and my scope is so small in that amount of time. I was thinking a lot about, uh, I appreciate you saying that, Neat. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think along, like going back to what Brandon was saying, like even in using that Metallica example. Um, I had that same experience listening to Nickelback in the car just yesterday. It was <laughs> wild. I felt a setup coming. I just didn't know what it was going to be. <laughs> I, I, I thought of it when Brandon was talking. It was just waiting when to plug it in. All right, go ahead, Kenny. Uh, but yeah, and and just thinking about, I think that is a very interesting thought just in terms of like how God reveals himself, you know, and you know, I think he can, I think he can definitely reveal himself in any way and however he wants, you know, and through, through anything, including, honestly, including even, you know, other religions. I do think just as far as you know, what I see from scripture, all of that, you know, he still wants to to point to himself, you know what I'm saying? And and I guess really even more specifically pointing to, to the person of Jesus. And I like I think about that example of um, Paul when he's in uh, Athens uh, and he's at the Areopagus and he's like you know looking around and he just sees all the the different idols and everything and like his approach wasn't 
like, yo, like, y'all heathens need to blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? He's like, yo, I see that y'all are religious people. And that's that's good. That's a good thing, you know? And, you know, I see that y'all are religious people. And I see y'all have this this um, this altar to the unknown God, you know, and that's the God that I came proclaiming, you know? And he used, like, different pieces of their culture. Like, he quotes um, a poem of Apollos, I think. He quotes um, a, a, a well-known philosopher. Um, um, something It's something with these at the end, you know what I'm saying? All of them have, like, the, like Socrates and... Oh, okay. I guess, I guess Plato is... Deez. I guess Plato... Uh, yeah, me too. Uh, me too. Deez. Both of these. Yeah. B-O-F-A. That's right. That's right. This is uh, this is Acts 17 for anyone who is... <laughs> but um, I, I forgot which... Um, I forgot which um, which philosopher he quotes, but he, he quotes one of one of their philosophers, you know what I'm saying? And like, so he knows the culture, but he's using their culture to relate to what, to what happened with the person of, of Jesus, you know what I'm saying? And so I feel like, you know, like, like the things, the different like cultures and like, because I feel like the story is God trying to bring his creation back to himself. Like, that's the story, you know? And as far as humans go, he makes us a part of that, you know? And I think that's, you know, that's why the different things that that we create as we create, you know, they they point back to the to the creator. You know, because he's the one that gave us the ability to create the nuance to be able to, whether it's music or whether it's, you know, uh, sculpture or, you know, or visual, you know, movies or whatever the art is or whatever the, the thing that we do well, you know, like I really, I um, I was talking with uh, with one of my friends about like different um, like bourbons and like how different people like taste different bourbons. They can taste the different notes and they're like really into it and they can tell, you know, or, or even with wines like sommeliers, right. You know, and they can, they can like smell a wine and tell you the year, where it's from. <laughs> Cocaine aficionados. But uh, I'm sorry. But, um, what are you talking about? That's crazy. Exactly. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. Yeah, no word. Danny, man. <laughs> you, whatever. You did the notes. Anyway. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, but with sommelier, you know, and they're like, yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're masters of their craft. And I feel like things like that are a testament to, you know, the goodness of the creator and how he made di- people different. He made us nuanced. He made us intelligent. He made, you know what I'm saying? And like all of that points back to to him, right? And I feel like it's supposed to be us using those different things, those different experiences to point, you know, for us to find our way back to him and for to, and then to to bring others along. 
you know, and saying, yo, you know, come and see just by, by the way that you're walking with me and you're seeing my life, you know, hopefully you want to know who this God is that created you, you know? And I think, you know, I think God can use different things and different experiences, you know, to, to show that, you know, and I mean, I think with, with God being the, and, and now this is coming from a Christian worldview, you know? And so like, I believe that, you know, it has, it has to start somewhere, you know, and with God being the author of that goodness, you know, and that's, you know, God being the author of that goodness, you know, even, and this, this may be an unpopular statement, but I mean, it's just, I mean, we're, we're speaking honestly, right. You know, like, I feel like even every religion had to start, you know, somewhere. And with this worldview, you know, I'm saying it is, you know, things started with God and somewhere things deviated from there with different thought, you know, patterns or whatever, you know, and I, and, you know, and this is, I don't know, like all of that for sure. Cause I'm not a, you know, like I'm not studied in different world religions and things like that, you know, but I feel like God being the author of that, you know, I feel like that, that's part of the reason that even in different religions, you see certain things that are, um, that are marks of, um, this is what it looks like to be a good person. This is what you should be striving for, whether it's to achieve Nirvana or to reach Mecca or to, you know, these are the things that, these are the marks of what it looks like to be, to be good in quotes. Right. But then I think the, you know, part of the difference there is the exclusivity of, you know, God saying, you know, you're not going to be able to meet these marks, but I'm sending my son Jesus to do it. And to get, to me is to is to go through him you know what i'm saying so can i ask a question yo um so i i agree with a lot of what you said and i think it's uh really beautiful i a lot of my question as i was forming it had to do with jesus and you brought jesus up at, at the end but um, I made that joke about Nickelback, of course, but I did have an experience like that at a Coldplay concert, maybe like 12 years ago with my buddy, Brian, we were outside West Palm beach it was like 16,000 people. Um, back when I wasn't afraid to be around more than 10 people. Um, <laughs> and they started playing yellow and the opening line is look at the stars look how they shine for you. And I was a Christian at the time I'm outside at this outdoor amphitheater and I'm weeping. I mean, it was like a unbelievably powerful spiritual moment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Chris Martin might be a Christian. I don't know, but Coldplay is not a Christian band. They're not a professing, you know what I mean? Like CCM artists, you know? And it was just a very powerful moment. So I, I, I say that to echo a lot of what you said, Kenny, and then also to echo the, the guy that had the experience at, at Metallica, you know? Um, but Kenny, a, a lot of what you said would also be said by a humanist, a, 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 
atheistic or not secular, whatever you want to phrase it, humanist. They, they would echo a lot of what you said in terms of finding joy and beauty, and they might call it the universe, or they might call it small g God or, or, or gods or whatever it might be. But there are a lot of um, worldviews, apart from Christianity, that can echo what you said. And, mm-hmm. and part of my question comes in when I say like, all right, so if that's what Paul's doing in Acts 17, and there's major discrepancy amongst the church, if that's actually what Paul was doing or not, but going with that, with that line of thinking, let's just pretend that the modern day equivalent of that is um, Drake and Basquiat and the uh, Quentin Tarantino movie or, or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he's, these are, these are the statues to the unknown gods. And that's, that's who Paul, he's quoting the Drake lyric to point back to God. where does Jesus fit into that? You know what I mean? And, and it's a loaded question because I think you, yeah. the reason I say I agree with so much of what you said is because even being like not a Christian, when I, I listened to Hamilton, I don't know, 5,000 times. And then when I saw it on Disney plus last year, I was in tears, you know, it was so powerful. It was so moving. And I don't know that that had anything to do with Christ. And to be totally honest, at the very end of, of your statement there, it felt like introducing Jesus was kind of like a, I don't know, I didn't really see the connection. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. if, if Paul left Athens and all he did was tell them, hey, this statue to the unknown God, that's, that's God. Deuces. And those nah, people- so what he did, so what he did, he, he said, yo, this, this, uh, statue to the unknown God. This is the God that come from proclaiming. And then he went down and he he told about this is what's been going on and told okay. about the story of Jesus and how, you know, and kind of gave some background on the story. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm remembering it correctly, gave some background on, uh, you know, that le- that leads up to Jesus and then talks about what happened with Jesus and his death burial and his his crucifixion, you know, and his resurrection. And then they were like, yo, we want to hear you some more on this. Okay. And that led to further conversation, right? Okay. And, and some decided so, to follow some did. Okay. And so So in that guess, case, referencing the the Statue of the Unknown God or referencing art or referencing philosophy from a Christian perspective is incomplete apart from Christ. So therefore th- those things are not actually beautiful in and of themselves they're not actually um powerful they don't actually hold joy or beauty they say that again so if 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 paul hadn't done that if he hadn't connected it to christ then then what he did there or or what the humanist might say that those things have nothing to do with christ if you don't connect it to christ does it therefore lose its significance lose its beauty lose its I don't think it loses its beauty because I feel like God has put inherent beauty in things. I think it's what you do with that beauty is what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying, what's the point of that beauty? You know, it still doesn't deny the fact that it's beautiful, you know? And so like, for instance, you mentioned like a, a Drake lyric or a Christian, a uh, 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 Quentin Tarantino, a Christian Tarantino, a Quentin, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino film, you know, or your, or any other film, you know, for that, 
you know, for that purpose. But, you know, I guess going back to music, like there are plenty of times where I've listened to, um, whether it's, you know, Kanye or Jay-Z or, Ethan. you know, uh, <laughs> you know, or, or even Drake. And, you know, there are, um, you know, Common, uh, Kendrick, J. Cole, you know, like there are countless, you know, artists who who make reference to or talk about the different, you know, ills of society in such a skillful way that it just makes you think, you know, and it makes you, uh, uh, it brings you into the story, all of Good Kid, Mad City, you know what I'm saying? And even in using that as an example and, um, you know, like he uses, um, and y'all could, y'all could, you know, correct me or talk about this even, you know, because y'all, you know, are steep, steeped in, in that album. You know, it's a banging album. Um, but y'all, y'all are more, more, uh, you know, learned in that album than I am. But, um, you know, the whole, the whole thing, he's talking about these different ills, you know, of being, you know, a, a, a kid and a good kid in, in this broken society this you know, and these broken things that he's encountering and that he's led into and things like that. Right. Uh, and I feel like that's, that's a theme, even in hip hop, you know, the brokenness of society and talking about the brokenness of society, you know, you, you know, talk, your most depths, your Talib Kweli's, your, you know, um, and so I, but I think similarly, you know, it's a, man, these guys are so skilled and they talk about these different, you know, problems in society, you know, I see those same problems in society. Let me talk to you about a solution or, you know, they use, um, I wish I, man, I wish I could think of some lyrics off the top of my head. I, the, the one thing I'm thinking about is, um, is Drake in, um, ah, oh, no, I'll use J. Cole. Um, I'll use J. Cole in, uh, Neighbors, you know, where he's talking about, um, he's talking about making you want to lead the, uh, lead the fame and the fortune. Well, maybe not the fortune, you know, and he, he kind of, uh, you know, makes a nod to that, to that, uh, that Jay-Z line, but, um, you know, but, but all of that to say, like, you know, he's still, even in the midst of all of the fame, it's like, he's encountering all of that pressure and, um, you know, uneasiness, things like that. And the money's nice, but there's still that, that element of, you know, the, uh, the uneasiness, um, and the pressure and, and wanting to get away from that, you know, and then the added pressure of being black in a society where, you know, hit, you know, moving out to this neighborhood where your kid, your, you know, your, your neighbors are assuming you're slanging or whatever, you know? And so it's like talking about this problem, you know? And so like being able to, to kind of discuss the fact that even the money in and of itself isn't good enough to satisfy. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, it leaves you with the question of, okay, so what satisfies, you know? And so I feel, so all that to say, like in a similar vein, I think, you know, you're, you're, you know, listening to music and seeing their art and things like that. I think is the beauty is inherent in and of itself. The skill is inherent in and of itself. 
I do think that that God is the one who allows us to be able to have those different skills because he's the one who made us, you know, and he made, you know, everybody different and, you know, skillful in different ways or whatever, you know, but I think in looking at those things, you know, I feel like ultimately, like God is wanting us to see his goodness in them. You know, God is wanting us to see, you know, he's he's putting out these different feelers that allow us to feel our way back to him you know and i think you know ultimately that does tie into jesus just in the sense of like you know you hearing the skill of these different artists as they talk about these different ills okay so let's talk about some solutions right but from a jesus-centered worldview if j cole is posing the question about the utility of money and not pushing people to christ what good is it because I don't think people are riding around listening to that album and going, man, J. Cole's right. By the way, he's a millionaire. Uh, J. Cole's right. This money isn't going to save me. I better get my ass to church. <laughs> I really don't think that's happening. You know what I mean? Or, or even if it is, I don't think people are pulling the car over to, to, to pray the sinner's prayer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, other than Kendrick, who actually had people pray the sinner's prayer on Good Kid Mad City. <laughs> most, of, most, if not all of the rappers you mentioned... I, are not are not pushing people to Christ. And I, I think that's my question when it comes down to where does Jesus fit into this? It's like, really, what good is even posing the question if J. Cole is not going to push people to Christ from, if, if from a Jesus-centered worldview? Because that's not the gospel saying, you know, on um, Love Yours, right? 2014 Forest Hills Drive. It's all about contentment, which is great. It's a great message. It has nothing to do with being satisfied in Christ. So from a, from a Jesus-centered or even a biblical worldview, isn't that the Salvation Army? Isn't that cheap shoes and, and no gospel? I thought, I'm sorry, I was looking like, I, I don't think so. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I think there's still a point to it. Um, no, I, I do too. Cause, cause, that, that, that's my argument. I think there's a major great point to it, and it has nothing to do with Christ. But I, I, I well, think if I, what, I think if... I think if I were following Jesus, I would have to say, you're still incomplete. The, the art is incomplete or? All, all like, of it apart from Christ. Even, even the questioning, even the pursuit of contentment, even the idea of being satisfied with where you're at or not, you know, pursuing the love of money or fame, you know, like, okay. But apart from Christ, aren't you still in bad shape? Yeah. Well, but, oh, go ahead. I would say uh, if you ask a lot of people why they're doing those things, in addition to saying that, well, these are good things that, that, that you know, need to get done. And I, and I have the resources and I have the time and I have those things. A lot of them would attribute that as I am a good person and, um, you know, a lot of them who have a concept of an afterlife believe that, you know, I will be rewarded. They may not say it in the fact that I believe in Jesus and all that, but a lot of people are living their lives in pursuit of something greater after they pass. Yeah. Now, you have some who, who feel like there is no afterlife. You just, you know, you, you, how many years you get, 
do the good that you can do, and that's it. There are some people who follow that. But there are a lot of people who will tell you that I am doing these very hospitable and beautiful things because my deeds are good and it's going to count for something, regardless of what you call it in the afterlife. And I think that's where to kind of answer that, where Jesus is saying, well, well, God is saying through Jesus, I am the way that your deeds will not be good enough. You know, now granted that isn't a Jesus and a Christ in a worldview. And by good enough, not meaning not for, not for this earth, because for the earth, the people can be fed, people can be clothed, people can be listened to and loved on. Um, but at the same time, Bible talks about how this world is going, you know, to fade away anyway. And you can do that can go that can spur into a lot of questions. Of why are we doing this in the first place? You know, why are we doing this if we believe these things to this not to be the end after death? But I think that a lot of these things go back to Christ because, and we talked about this yesterday, all things were made according to a Jesus worldview. All things were made by him, for him, through him. A God, God worldview. So, God, uh, according yeah. to a God worldview, not necessarily a, a Jesus worldview. Well, he, he's saying Jesus, okay. like Colossians 1, right? Jesus was the agent of all that. So like in him, that's more okay. probably okay. Christ-centered. Okay. Thanks. And so um, he can't be exercised out or, you know, or waxed out of it because, again, all this was made for him and by him. Now, again, going back to choice, you can choose and deviate and choose the, to use those gifts, those talents, you know, for, you know, whatever you want to do. But at the same time, I think you can't really take him out of it because it was all for him and by him and through him anyway. Um, yeah. I think, I don't know if that answers or I'm just responding yeah. to what I feel like you okay. say about that. How does Jesus even, you know, figure into those yeah. things? I think the other part of that too is, you know, whether like some people, whether people believe in, you know, for people who like, whether they believe in the universe or coincidence or fate or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know like how those things come together, you know, or how I would say you don't know how God uses those things, even in, even though, you know, it may not be a J. Cole saying or Talib Kweli saying like, yo, I'm, you know, I'm trying to, um, you know, to use my lyrics to point these people to Jesus, you know, or whatever, you know, but you don't know how, how those lyrics are going to affect somebody and eventually lead them there. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's, you know, they, they hear that, you know, the lyric and then they hear a, you know, Christian hip hop artist who gives a nod to that lyric in one of his songs. And then that, sparks curiosity or you know or you know they hear a, a Talib Kweli song and you know it makes them really start thinking about you know life or death or you know hustling or whatever you know what I'm saying consequences or whatever you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. 
And then that gets them start thinking about like, man, like, how do I get out of this life? You know, or, you know, and then they remember something that grandma said or, or whatever, you know, and I'm using these, like right. these little generic examples or whatever, Sure. but all that to say, like, you don't know how, you know, different things affect people. And so what I'm saying is that I think God allows like people to be skillful in the things that they do. And you don't know how he's going to use that skill, whether it's by somebody that's, that's claiming him or not. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's the point. I think that's kind of the point I wanted to make earlier, which is that. So maybe just maybe God has done that in a way to reach everybody, not just through Christianity. And in fact, in ways exclusively without Christianity to reach people and to show him who he is and the goodness of, of him. Right. I asked the question. Well, no, I don't, I'm not gonna ask that question. I I fully believe that there is a absolute morality. I fully believe in a God, right? And I believe that if the truth about this God is that he loves and cares and created the world, um, I'm wondering if Christianity is the only way that that exists because there are lots of other religions that would call you outside of yourself to care for the earth, to care for its people and its things, it's not exclusive to Christianity um, that those things are said. In fact, in Christianity, I would say that a lot of people, if you're asked, especially in America, it's the fear of hell that drives people towards believing in, in Jesus. It's a fear of ending up in eternal damnation, which seems so counter to who like a good God is. Um or that I would receive some reward to end up in heaven where the Bible talks way more about establishing heaven on earth, which is here and now, you know, the eternal life is to know God. So it started now, if you truly believe it, the, the, the idea is that God would come back and fix the stuff that's broken here, not necessarily that you'd be raptured up to the sky that we've been fed, you know, from through the 90s bullshit. I, I feel like um, if we truly think about a good and just God, it's, it's not, it's not unique to Christianity that it would, that, that these other religions would call you out to be better and are trying to establish ways to do that. Because in fact, that's, that's exactly what the, the Jewish, uh, the the different Jewish sects were, were doing when Jesus came back. Right. I mean, they were all trying to figure out the best way to be holy that's what their goal was was to figure out how to align themselves with god and the sadducees had one way and the pharisees had another and you see what happens when people come in and say i got it i figured it out this is the way to do it and i'm i'm where i am right now is i feel like over 2000 years and mistranslations and uh and political um agendas it doesn't seem that difficult to believe that the bible has been misconstrued or misunderstood mistranslated 
hundreds of times um, to make us believe certain things. And it could be totally off from what the original purpose of what, you know, what, what if we find, what if we find the, 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 you know, the rest of Corinthians and it doesn't fit at all with the canon of the Bible, what would they let it like come in as third Corinthians, <laughs> you know? No, they wouldn't. If it discard if it discredits what we've established for thousands of years, they're not going to put it in there. Um, so I just am like, I, I just, I get to the spot where I'm like, we have to stop talking as if like, this is where the 30 year thing for me came in, Dominic. Um, Not necessarily like, oh, you know, I can't believe, I can't believe they wouldn't solve the problems for me, you know, in my 30 years. I definitely get that. I fully agree with you. It's a drop in the bucket, you know, like it's, it it is so insignificant. My 30 years means literally nothing. Um, But it's not my 30 years. It's thousands of years that we've, you know, hundreds of thousands of years that we've been watching oppression happen. And, and in America, you know, 400 plus years of just terrible things happening at, at the hands of the people who are saying that, you know, God is good and he loves you and cares for you and all that kind of stuff. And that's not, you know, it's not just to say America, but I, I wrestle with um, the belief that like, as a Christian, we have solved the the problem the world's problems as uh as like we are the the only way to be a good person is to believe in god and to believe in that you know to believe in jesus and i just don't think that that's true um when you see that other people other religions other you know atheists have you know in lots of ways who believe that they won't carry anything else with them later on whether they die now or later People are, there are people around the earth trying to take care of the earth now for future generations that have nothing that they'll never see or reap uh, rewards from. Um, and truthfully, if you wanted to parachute into any one organization and blame it for most of, not all, but most of the atrocities or the oppression, Christians are as guilty, if not the most guilty, of perpetuating so many of these oppressions more so than atheists more so than hindus or muslims or or any other subgroup or subculture the the most consistently vile things and again not all but in terms of a percentage the majority of those were were were, were christians they were not another group well, I mean, so you, you're, you're, I guess, quantifying it now with numbers. And again, I think when you, when you give those numbers or give that, you know, saying that this one did more, this one did the other, this one in, in this name or whatnot. Well, then why follow anything if that's the case? Um, why, why even bring up atheists or Hindus or if, if we've all done it. And I think that's where it goes back to we've all sinned and fallen short. Christians, everyone, person. I, I don't I don't think that 
Christians should be, and we talked about this, I don't think that Christian is just some label that you could slap upon yourself and call yourself. Granted, they may have all the power, they may have all the resources or whatnot. It, it, it's not just some label. Bible talks about how God is drawing men to himself through Jesus Christ. And so I can I can come around and I can do certain things that, you know, I can uh, say that I'm good and I can show you through my fruit or whatnot. But again, that doesn't mean that I, I've, um, I'm i a Christian. I can go to church. I can be right there on the roster, be on the front pew. It doesn't mean anything if, one, you don't see the fruit there. So if I'm doing stuff that's really contrary and on this gross level, and again, I don't like to qualify and quantify a lot of that stuff because, again, you know, that's not how Jesus looks at it because we're not assessed by what we do and what we don't do. It's about who we believe in. And if we believe them, then those works pop in and you'll see the fruit. This is not about who's good and who's bad. This is about who is trusting in Christ. All have done wrong. All have sinned. Some have done some good things. But that our faith is not based upon that. The works are to show what the faith is there. Now, again, I don't want to discredit anything that you, you said about with, you know, what we've done for the millennial, uh, you know, and again, I, I, I don't think you took it this way, but again, you're right. You're 30 years. Yes. But there is been thousands of years, millennia of people doing things wrong. I think I brought up the whole 30 years is to see, like, to show you, like, in contrast to 400 yeah. years of oppression in Egypt and then deliverance or of, um, I think, 70 years and then deliverance out of Babylon, you know, and, and out of Assyria. But you look at the time in between, Israel was a mess. You And, and I, I thank goodness, I mean, I thank goodness, I thank God for, like, just, I remember growing up and looking at Saul's kingdom, David's kingdom, and Solomon's kingdom, and how in that 120 years, they all reigned about 40 years, how God was so patient and he allowed for certain things to happen. But all three of these men were had a level of, of, um, of obedience and moments of obedience and the moments of disobedience and how God was very patient with them and how, you know, he allowed some things to go and some things he didn't allow to go. But again, or excuse me, there were some things that he, he saw and he allowed to happen, but also some other things where he just withheld his judgment. But he knew and he saw what was going on. And then after Solomon, you have that split. And I think people look at it as a bad thing, but Judah, the southern kingdoms, a lot of their kings were doing all right. Some of them were. Israel, not so much. And I just keep looking at this time where God, where someone, you know, could say, well, God, why are you allowing this to happen? Why are you not removing all the Asheroth poles? Why are are you allowing bail to happen to sacrifice kids? Stuff that, you know, we would consider vile today, but that how God allowed things to happen later on, where he allowed them to fall to, to the, a lot of the stuff they were going on in order to bring them back up. And I'm saying all this, I'm getting, laying all this history out, this Old Testament history to show that, again, 
God will allow certain things, vile things to happen in order to build his people up. And, 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 and do I understand it? Does it sound reasonable to me? Not, not all of it. I'm, I'm not going to even sit up here and try to act like I understand yeah. why. But I feel like the greater narrative is something for something greater and bigger because they couldn't get it right. Some of them wouldn't, but a lot of them, they did. They, they could not. Yeah. I, so that doesn't that seem just a little iffy, though? What part I mean, of it? y'all like I love you and you are my people and I will deliver you, but you couldn't get it right. So I just I need you to just suffer for 400 years. Oh, sorry, guys. And I'm going to be silent for a lot of it because I need you to learn something and then I'm going to lift you up. So the, the, the hundreds of years and the, you know, generation after generation, generation after generation won't see, won't feel, won't understand, won't, won't ever learn anything from this. Yeah. It's like, damn, that seems, that doesn't seem like a good God. Right. That doesn't seem like a like a just and merciful God. That seems like a God that is jealous and is angry that you did not do the thing that I asked you to do. And therefore, I'm going to leave you until you get it. And I'll come back and we'll try again. And when I come back can into I it, I'm like, oh, no, you didn't do it. Can I ask something, Brandon, real quick? I, I guess you never liked that 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 line. He is jealous for me because when you let off, talked about Mm-mm. jealousy Mm-mm. earlier. I was going to out. It was in the back of my mind. It's a statement. And I know a lot, of, a lot of people struggle with that because it's like, I would tell people, he's not jealous of you. He's jealous for you. Like, and they would always say like a, a husband and wife, like I, I want her love and I want his love because again, we've been, we've been made one. Um, and for it to be shared with another, like, you know, infidel, you know, I, I, um, infidelity, is something like, no, we cannot have that. And in the same way, like God does not want to share allegiance, um, does not want us to share allegiance with, with him and in the world. He He wants for us because again, that's just his nature. And so again, when you say it doesn't seem like a good God, it doesn't seem, that's where it's like, okay. And I hate using this because sometimes ahead, it does feel like a cop out, but his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Right. His ways but, are higher right. than For my sure. ways. This is the reason and why. This is question. All, this stuff that, all this stuff that you're saying, though, Neat, this is huh? the stuff that my, that my, like every pastor I've ever talked to has said to me. Yeah. Every, True. every, you know, book has said. And this is why I've gotten to the spot that I'm like, that's not enough. And I, I feel that. I feel that. It's not clear enough. Do. It's, it's not. You know, I, I don't want you to argue away why God is good. You know, I want God to prove his goodness because I believe that God is good. So if I believe that God is good, I want to see it. So this is, you know, we so so this is my question. Though. This is my question because I feel like, you know, there's a lot of instances where it's like, what, like, what's the expectation? Like, what will be enough? What'll be the oh, thing like, where you're like, all right, I see your goodness now. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like there. Well, for the two and a half billion people that claim his name, I would love for it not to be the exception that they, you know, do what's right. I it don't shouldn't disagree be the exception. With 
So then what, why do I have, like, why are we arguing that then? Not, we shouldn't have to I, argue. I'm we shouldn't have to that. wonder be like, no, no, no. I mean, I'm saying like, we shouldn't have to say how much does, do, does like God's people need to do, or does God need to do to like prove his goodness? It's like the two and a half billion people. Get your mans. You're like, if you're good, get your mans. They're not doing it. They could love just one neighbor. I mean, just, just, just pick any just pick a any neighbor. damn neighbor. Just love one Turn to your neighbor single and say neighbor. neighbor. I love you. Just but, just try it one time. So this, but this is the so this because this is my question in that you know what I'm saying like you. So we're talking about the two and a what you say two and a quarter billion people, two and a half. Yeah, two point five. Two point five. Oh, we are at an hour and a half, so we'll probably cut it here soon. Right. But <laughs> that's real. That's real. Um, you know, we're like even in talking about the two and a quarter, and so like one, which I know that's a God. This so this is like a yo God. This is on you. Like if that's the case, get your people. You know, but I feel like you know, for me, like on an individual level, it's like. I hear that and I'm like, okay, where the neighbor at that I can love? You know what I'm saying? And I feel like part of that is like part of God's goodness is him placing people, you know, in our lives that show like, yo, like, you know, God puts you specifically with people that wants to to point and show you like, yo, this is what God is like. You know, and I, I like, but at the same time, I 100% understand, like, yo, if the rest of the church is wilding out, and then you got these couple people over here, you know, that's like, all right, you know what I'm saying? They doing it a little different. They doing it the way that, you know, that we would think that, that God would want it done or whatever. You know, it would be difficult, you know, because you're like, yo, the rest of your people, like, these are, and a lot of them are have authority. And right. they wilding out, so that so yeah, right. all that to say that's understandable. But at the same time, like I really do think that that God puts, you know, even in in like showing His goodness, like He gives opportunity for that for us to see His goodness, you know, if we're if we're looking to see it. You know what I'm saying? No, I I fully agree, and I'll I'll say you know like well, like we kind of use the the. Uh, um, the examples of the, of all of us have been to a concert where you just kind of, you get that outer body experience and you're like, there's something different, you know, mine was cigarettes outside. It started raining. They had the light show. Oh my God. What? Oh dude. I'm like there with you in my mind. That's beautiful. (laughs) Mine was, mine was Cannon Power. Oh dude. Again. So, you know, of course, of course, I, I believe that if we're looking, we can see the goodness in the earth. And I do know and I believe that there are people who are good and and you see, you know, they're just like they're just acting different. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're just people who have this air and quality about them. I, I'm I am just saying I feel like the. The goal what would be really cool for me is for that to be the norm and not the exception. You know, I know you guys, I know your hearts. I know your like what, like the way that you guys talk to people and about people is, is amazing. I also know 
the churches that the countless churches that I grew up in and the way that other people were talked about, you know, I'm a believer and all it's like all the rest of the people, you know, big middle finger to them, you know, those gays out there, you know, those, uh, those Hindus, uh, you know, I mean, it was just like, it, it was, there was, I want it to not be this us and them mentality. I really want it to be the unification of God's creation, you know? And so I feel like what is, what is enough? It would just be that uh, to say what I kind of said last week, the church, the Christian church to act in a way that would call its own people to account because that is who the church is really called to judge the believers, not the world. Um, so the people who are in the club should be getting their asses whipped until there's some, there's some real change, systemic change. And then we can start to talk about, actually, the church is doing a lot of really great things for the world and for its people. Now, what's the call? All right, I got a quick question. And I, sorry, go ahead. So... All right, I'm gonna try to make this short as possible. Two short questions. Like one, like I I hear you on that, and I feel like, and I guess this is a comment, not a question. Like I feel like it that that starts with I see God's goodness, I emulate God's goodness, and hopefully these two, three, four people are changed by that, and eventually we get to a billion because you're learning. You know, I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that's me. Mm-mm. That's all I'm no, saying. No, no, that's the, that starts with that starts with Jesus going into the temple where he saw oppression happening from the people who were inside of his club, and he said, "Nah, you're done. Do not do that here anymore." I mean, I don't care if I, I mean whether he does it that. Back. Yeah, I'm saying whether he does it I that way. I don't care if I offend you. Or whether it starts you with back. you know with the people who are, who are a part of the church starting to speak actual truth inside of the church and, and starting to change things. You know what I'm saying? I feel like he like he gives us a responsibility in that regard. You know, that's the authority we are given, even though we might not have authority in that church. And so now my uh, now my question is, though, you're talking about a mass ass whooping. You know what I'm saying? Do you feel like by removing yourself? You are exempt from that ass whooping. Mm Or do you feel like I'm getting I'm getting my ass whipped? Do you think I'm I'm and I like I just deal in existentialism all day. <laughs> I'm just like, guys, I don't know what's going on. The world is crazy. That I no, that of course I'm and the reason I, and the reason I say that, from the ass. Yeah. But I'm saying I'm saying that the people who are claiming the club, those are the ones who need to get their ass whipped first. Then we can talk about some other stuff. But I mean, the point is, right, the Bible pretty clearly says that it's not about the world. It's about the believer. You're supposed to be you are supposed to be a light to the believer. So your actions show the goodness of God inside the club. If you are doing things that do not show the goodness of God, we need to call you out about it over and over and over again. Not once, not twice. Like, I'm going to I'm going to talk to you first. Then I'm going to bring somebody else. Then I'm going to bring the pastor. Then I'm going to bring the church and we're going to get you out. Because if you're not going to understand and believe and do the things that we believe are true, 
then you are not going to be here and represent us. I'm like, that's a, that is a very clear way to come in and, and at least start changing some things. We talked about that last time. And I feel like we all kind of agree. Like it would have been great if you didn't take the, the, you know, child molester and say, let's move to another you can't, you can't to here. Let's move them somewhere else. It would have been great. If it was like, Hey, you're not hated as a human. We believe that God loves you. You're, you're not going to, you're, you're not going to be here anymore though. Yeah. And we can get you actual help. We can send you to mm-hmm. rehab. We can, you know, there's, there's things that can be done. I hear that. Um, if there's, if, sorry, go ahead, Kenny. No, I just said, I hear that. If Maybe there's, too. if there's a fire, you're trying to douse, you can't put it out from inside the house. The Hamilton line for you. Um, <laughs> I felt complicit. I mean, I told you guys yesterday, I, my particular brand of Christianity was hateable. I couldn't sleep. You know what I mean? It was full of self-righteousness and arrogance and judgment. And so I don't think I'm immune from expected to act like a decent human, but I do think I needed to distance myself from the orthopraxy that my theology was, was, was leading me to the, the living out of my faith was harmful. Not all the time. I mean, I disciple people. We had good conversations, you know, like not all the time, but on a soul level, it was erosion. It was, it was, so I'm not, I'm not as an outsider saying, uh, I don't want to live up to the standard that is expected. So I'm going to go out here and while out and I'm going to call all of you to live up to that same standard. Now there is a, a sense of like the rules and the oppression that I felt, not oppression, maybe, maybe suppression of my you know freedom that I felt within Christianity that I was trying to get away from. But I felt complicit. And I couldn't be a part of this thing anymore that was so harmful. So I, you know, for, for personal selfish reasons as well, wanted to experience freedom and not, not be kind of choked out from my perspective by the the rules and expectations of obedience that was at play. And I, I couldn't rock with what Christians were and are doing. On a very different note, I can hear my neighbor through my headphones and the window (laughs) On the other side of the street. Sweet. He talks that loud every night <laughs> outside. He asking you for money? Phone. Not today. How, how can you go love that neighbor, Brandon? No, I was playing. That's probably a good icebreaker. I mean, we're at just about an hour, 40 minutes. Dang, so we sorry, okay. I'm sure I'm sure we'll be back. This is part two. I'm sure we'll have some more. Um I want to thank y'all for listening. Longest episode ever. Nick, thank you so much. Um, yeah, one, you, once again, once again, at the listening party pod on Instagram, um, the listening party podcast on Spotify and all major um, platforms. Nick, do you want to give your personal or, or just the, just the pod? 
Um, <laughs> if you want to check me out, I am at uh, I am underscore Neek P mm. on uh, IG. Um, Voice of an angel. Yo, that boy can oh, sing. Angelic. That boy, that boy can, can sing. Make a sign. I appreciate that. But I was just honestly, teleporting. You were, oh. <laughs> honestly, I want to thank you all um, for, for having me on. And, um, you know, I don't think any of you three has been on the listening party. So we got to. Oh, we're, a, we're a package, so we're a package, too. Oh, oh, oh. I love it. Uh, <laughs> no, I can't, I, can't hang, I can't hang with y'all's musical takes, right. man. Y'all are, mm-hmm. y'all are deep in y'all it. Are. Oh, you, you got to come on, man. We, 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 we would love to have you on. We need some, you know, if, diversity in, in people who... What? If you, if, you ever do, if you ever do an indie rock episode... Now, Nick, your indie rock knowledge is still better than mine, but I can at least hang with you than everybody else on the show. So if you ever do an indie rock oh. episode, I'm there. We, that's the reason why we need need you on there, man. Because I try to introduce it, and I, I might get crickets. But if there's <laughs> two of us on there, and we're vouching for something, hey, strengthen hey, numbers. We'll talk. We'll talk. Tame Impala and local natives all day. I love. Yeah. It. <laughs> now, they, they love Tame Impala. They sure. love. Um, I've been trying to put them on Unknown Mortal or- Orchestra. Okay, good. Well, I'm, I'm trying. I'm already trying. Fighting the good fight, my man. <laughs> yeah. <almost. laughs> Cool. Well, Nick, after we do all the outros, after Kenny goes, you can just say your name and you'll be a part of the uh, the outro today. But anyway, thank you guys for hanging in there and listening. We'll be back again uh, real soon with another episode. I think our next episode is 30, which is pretty cool. Episode 30. Dirty um, 30. So, anyway, 3030s. This episode is at the beginning, the end. Of, okay, whatever. Um, all right, I'm Doug Ogden. I'm Brandon Johnson. I am Kenny Roberts. And I am hungry. There you mm. go. <laughs> mm. We'll talk to y'all again real soon. Black, white, black, white, black, white, black, Thank you for listening to the Black, White, and Mixed podcast. We love being able to engage with our listeners, so don't forget to reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at the BWM Pod, or you can email us at bwmpodcastmail at gmail.com. Thank you so much. Black, white, black, white, and mixed. Black, white, and mixed. Come on, black, 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 white, and mixed.